Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. I'm Richard Henschel, horticulture educator with the University of Illinois here, and in the studio with me today is Russ Higgins. He's a commercial ag educator. Hello, Russ. Richard, it's great to be back with you. Well, it's at that time of year. I usually try to uh, get you here into the studio for a few shows before uh, spring season hits and the farmers are going uh, full tilt planting and, and uh, doing spring tillage. Um, so we're, we're about on time. Um, you know, horticulturally, we've had all sorts of strange weather and it impacts um, tree shrubs and evergreens, ground covers, perennial flowers in uh, unique ways, given that it's been warmer, uh, way warm here for the wintertime. And typically we don't think of maybe the weather influencing the farmers because the crops go in, the crops go out, and there's nothing there all winter long. But um, clearly, uh, I'm sure farmers are maybe scratching their head a little bit uh, this year about when they might start to plant and what kind of soil moistures are around um, and uh, whether or not those early spring weeds are going to be troublesome or not. So I just kind of, um, kind of that's a big broad area to start with, but I wanted to, wanted to find out what the farmer's thinking about here this spring. So certainly the weather pattern that we experienced as we ended February and went into March it had some farmers ready to go, but fortunately, uh, we were able to rein them back just a little bit. And you're correct, Richard. We really don't have much of an effect on corn and soybean. Obviously, they are not in the ground yet. But Illinois' third largest crop is winter wheat. It's a winter annual, and we plant that wheat crop normally in September or October here in the state of Illinois. It actually starts its growth and then overwinters. It hardens off as the temperature starts to get cold as the winter months approaches. And in an average year, it'll come out of dormancy, start growing again, usually in March and April. Unfortunately, what we saw this year with the really warm temperatures is it broke dormancy. And once it did so, when we had that return to cold weather, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see if those plants actually survive. Uh, the worst case scenario sadly is what we experienced very warm weather followed by a short period of really weather that dropped down to 20 degrees so we might be looking at some winter kill of that particular crop so if at at a minimum the farmer has at least got a little bit of a, a, you can't call it a green manure crop to turn under but at least it's it's going to add to the organic matter content and be of value in some way they will have the advantage to with this particular crop if it does fail uh, they do know early enough that they can go ahead and turn that crop over or crop land to corn or soybean yeah so it's it's um, sad if it happens but not uh, out of the realm or out of the possibility that a farmer will go ahead and get something else in there so it's not a total loss if you will Richard, one of the ways to look at it is an unplanned cover crop. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you, you started off here with the weather and the winter wheat kind of a situation. Um, you know, I know it, it, before the corn goes in, sometimes I look out across the fields and I see this lovely purpley lavender color here. And I know that's uh, one of our, our winter weeds that we've been dealt with. Um, uh, what's the projection of how good or bad that's going to be this year? So we have crops that are winter annuals. We have a number of weeds that are winter annuals as well. And I concur. As you've had the chance to look at some of these fields, uh, they're turning a wonderful shade of purple, yellow, and white. And most of those are the common winter annuals that really had the chance to get well-established 
last fall. If you'll remember, it was warmer than average longer into the season, and now they've had the chance to get a really good start. So chickweed, henbit, some of our mustards, uh, they're well on their way. They normally start growing when the soil temperature gets to about 40 degrees, so they're well established and really relatively soon will probably move from vegetative to the reproductive stage. All right. Well, uh, I know, of, you know, the, in, in, the, in the sense of a weed being competitive, corn is quite tall and these weeds are quite short and spring tillage usually happens. So um, in terms of long-term competition, um, n- not so much, but yet they are there. They are removing nutrients out of the ground. Um, so there is a concern, I'm guessing. They're not that competitive, but we do have the additional disadvantage that some of these crops actually serve as a vector for some of our diseases and some of our pest insects. So just their presence, while not causing a direct damage to the upcoming crop, uh, can have issues with it in the diseases or insects that they harbor. So once again, it, it could be troublesome, in other words, so farmers pay attention. They certainly do. Did uh, well. We know we know the situation then with the kind of the use of the cover crops and how they fared. And we've just talked about the winter annuals. Um, always a question during the year is or at at springtime uh, before the farmers can actually get out and plant once the soil temperatures warm up to that kind of magical fifty degree mark. What's uh, what's our soil moisture like this year? It's been variable uh, here in Illinois. Uh, we have areas in west central Illinois that actually are being listed under the drought index, but in northern Illinois we appear to be in pretty good shape. And when we get the opportunity to talk to Jim Angel, our state climatologist, he often says that don't be too concerned in Illinois early in the season. We do have a tendency to have pretty dramatic rainstorms that do a great job in restoring soil moisture. We hope that will continue to be the case uh, here in 2017. Well, we, we certainly haven't had the winter snow to, uh, add, to add to our soil moisture levels. Uh, so um, you're, you're right. We, I mean, we normally have lots of cool, wet weather, and that recharges the soil. Um, it, that's also an equal concern when you're trying to put your vegetable garden in and things is finding that window and are the soils warm enough and is there adequate moisture. So uh, again, uh, farming is in a much, much bigger way. Um, all right, and if, uh, if there is a crystal ball here this year, what do you think is going to be? Uh, um, are we going farmers going to be able to get out and actually plant, er, quote, earlier than normal? I've actually seen a bit of tillage going on, or as you say, they kind of got started, and then the weather and, and it, under advisement that we kind of stopped, but uh, I saw some I saw some very early tillage. Uh, are they going to get out that much earlier? I, Richard, I see no reason why farmers won't be as aggressive as they have ever been. Even though uh, commodity prices really aren't quite where they would like them to be, uh, we've come off several years of tremendous yields. Uh, they've done a great job, and we continue to encourage our, our producers to plant as soon as soil conditions and the calendar uh, allows them to do so. So uh, field conditions permitting, I think you'll see the planners just as soon as possible. 
as always, as you say there, and it's kind of hard to keep him in the barn. <laughs> uh, Russ, thanks. This is about the tail end of this week's show. Uh, I'll have Russ back in the studio a couple more times before the uh, spring planting season hits, and uh, we'll talk more about farming. Russ, thank you. This has been Richard Henschel with the University of Illinois Extension Service, and we'll be back again next week.